Welcome to the Girl in the Galaxy podcast. I'm your host, Kate Heinecker, here to serve as your astrological tour guide. This podcast is here to use the ancient art of astrology to help us make sense of our lives and the world we live in. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in to our Month Ahead podcast. I'm Kate. I'm Jordan. And we are two professional astrologers and friends. And Leo Moons. And Leo Moons. <laughs> and we are so excited to chat with everybody about the month ahead. Um, we are here to break down all of the astrology that you need to know and we're serving up insights just to prepare you and guide you through the month of August. So if you'd like to follow along, you can actually download your free monthly astrological calendar. It's linked in the show notes for you. But in general, on this episode, we're going to reflect a little bit on the astrology of July. We're going to do a quick monthly overview of just the themes that Jordan and I are really feeling into. If you have a short attention span, you just like listen to that and call it a day if you want. And then we're going to go over our week week through week we're going to comb through the astrology and just tell you everything that you need to know um and jordan is one of my very close friends and amazing astrologers um so let's dive right in to talk about some reflections for july jordan you spoke so beautifully about the month of july especially in regards to Jupiter's move through Aquarius. Any thoughts to open up the month or any reflections for July? I mean, I think that the biggest overarching theme um, with Jupiter being in Pisces for all of July um, or, you know, at least until the very last days yeah. Um, there was this big party energy that came in really strong at the very beginning of July. We were all hot girl summering. There was this sort of rejoiceful, excited, things are opening, things are quote unquote back to normal. Yeah. Um, but then there was this sense of that energy beginning to start to grind to a halt. Like yeah. I think that um, the end of July, we were seeing uh, more talk about the Delta variant. We were talking, we were hearing more about COVID cases spiking more about the mask mandates and then the um, eventual uh indoor mask mandate being reinstated which um, fell on the day that jupiter moved into aquarius and so um the end of july kind of has this the parties almost over last mm -hmm. call kind of vibe yeah absolutely i feel that abs for sure i feel like August is really marked by this starting energy of like, we have to get serious. And that is really highlighted at the end of July when 
Jupiter moves back into Aquarius, which is specifically on July 28th. But I mean, I feel like we could feel this coming for yeah. a while. There was kind of a looming. Yeah. There's this looming too good to be true kind of feeling since yeah. May. Um, that I feel like is really poignant here to kind of kick off the entire month yeah. of August and the astrology yeah, now of the month. Aquarius will, or um, Jupiter will be in Aquarius with, in Saturn's territory with Saturn, the cosmic buzzkill, right? Um, who is really like asking us to wrap it up, get serious. Um, and do some, and I mean, I think come October, we'll feel this push or this pressure to kind of like build, rebuild, build, build, do, do. Yeah. Um, but right now Saturn's asleep. So I think that we're just feeling the initial, um, sense of restriction and then yeah. when Saturn wakes up from retrograde at the beginning of October, October 5th, I believe, that's what I'm kind of sensing um, all of those restrictions or limitations um, heightening. Yeah, definitely. We'll see. I feel that. And I think this is an interesting manifest it's like an interesting but also totally predictable manifestation of the astrology of 2021 it you really know, it like, like sometimes you're you can't write this sh- it's not even remarkable even, it, we're <laughs> like yeah no shit there's more like there's spread of covid when jupiter moved into pisces on may 13th yeah i was literally in the airport and I was like, are people going to start ripping off their masks? In yeah, the because they put out that, <laughs> that um, statement, but the CDC put out the statement that on exactly that the day fully vaccinated people don't need to wear a mask inside. It's not like, rec- yeah, they don't have to. And then they put out the statement that the mask mandate was reinstated on the day, on the, the day, day. On Jupiter the moved day. into Aquarius, Jupiter moved into Aquarius it's on like July 28th. And it's like now the new recommendation is that the CDC recommends that you wear a mask inside if you're fully vaccinated in parts where of the United States where there is rapid spread mm-hmm. of of the virus. You know, and I also um, read today, which is the 29th. Mars just moved into Virgo. Mm-hmm. Um and with Jupiter in Pisces, um, they were opposing each other for a hot for, minute yesterday. For a quick um, but they, I read that there is um, Pfizer believes that a third dose of the vaccine um, even like increases your immu- immunity. Is not the right word, but like um, I, I whatever the effects. Your immuno response. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which I thought was very um, on brand with Mars moving into Virgo, which is all about, you know, like efficiency and optimizing and it's a mercurial sign. So it would be like new information or new action to be taken. 
And do you know what and I think? science. And science. And what I think is so fascinating about 2021 in general that you and I have been tracking very closely because we're astrologers and we love tracking the planets is Mars's relationship to the virus. Like literally when we started out 2021, Mars was in the sign of Taurus and everybody was like, it's going to take years to vaccinate everybody. And the vaccination rate was dismal. And then as soon as Mars moved into Gemini, everyone got vaccinated. And then as soon as Mars moved into cancer, then it was like, okay, well like, let's see what happens. Jupiter's in Pisces, whatever, whatever. And now, and then Mars moved into Leo and it was like hot girl summer. Yeah. And then Everyone's Mars like, is, I am vaccinated, whether they I'm, are or not. Right. It's exactly. like a show. <laughs> exactly. It's like a show. Also, like vaccination merch. Yes. Like, yeah. I, I saw someone with like an I'm vaxxed pin. I was yes. like, while Mars was in Leo, I'm like, this shit is, this so, is so on brand. brand. Merch would come yes. to life. Oh, my God. Mars in Leo. Totally. And then Mars moves into Virgo and everyone's like. Ooh, I need to take care of my health or like we need to redo. We need to like slow down and look at the details of how we're operating yeah. and figure out what's most efficient. Well, and just, you know, recently there has been I mean, with the spike of covid, um, there has been all of this like listen to the science and Virgo is the science. Yeah. Um, Virgo's like that practical, commonsensical approach to everything. Yeah. Whereas no one is really spitting that narrative while both Venus and Mars were in Leo because they were doing hot girl shit. Leo's the sign of hot girl shit. Yeah. It's got to be seen. (laughs) It's got to be seen. Yeah. But it just like the narrative that's unfolding around us and how it aligns with the narrative of the planets is startling it is it's so wild it's wild astrology is cool astrology is so cool and so are we (laughs) um so let's what other reflections do we have for the month of july um honestly i would say beyond the jupiter impact those um Pluto oppositions really were they were really rough yeah Um, the sun and Mercury's opposition to Pluto was yeah yeah and just for anybody out there if you feel like the last two weeks of July like the two weekends like the weekend of the 17th and the 24th like those were intense astrological weekends with yeah. Pluto. And they brought up some like heavy energy. Heavy. It was big. Yeah. And it was interesting. For me and the people around me too. Yeah. Like I felt it deeply. Those I, two weekends I were agree. intense. I, I really felt that the sun's opposition to Pluto brought the intensity up it's sort of like put up the like contrast um and then whatever had been heightened that weekend i we like i had to have a 
yeah. confrontational conversation about. Yeah. And it, yes, it is the energy of what you can no longer ignore. Yeah. And it brings up a lot of stuff and it's like really challenges your capacity just for grace for yeah. yourself and the people around you yeah. at a certain point. And it's kind of like, I felt it was like a lot of like that, oh, fuck, you know, Mercury's in cancer. Like, how do I say this? How do I deliver this? Yeah, but how it's do also I... doing some stuff with Neptune. Yeah. Which just like... It was like, how can I be kind in in this interaction, in this existence to others, but to myself too. And like, it was that, yeah, I felt like the energy just in myself and the people around me and my clients and my life, mm -hmm. it was a lot of that energy was about navigating nonverbal communication. Yeah. You know, and yeah. it was like the it was really about excavating the feelings that aren't seen, you know, and like feeling and and all of that intense internal work. Right. Like really, I think, came up heavily these last two weekends of July. Yeah. I noticed a lot of like. When Pluto is in opposition to something there tends to bring up this sensation, whether it is real or imagined, mm -hmm. of being under attack. Yes. And so you you engage that sort of survival mode. Yeah. Um, and then you're operating from that space, that which tends to be further away from like your quote unquote character, the sun being there, the sun is your character um, in a lot of ways. And so there is this like behavior that is unlike you that you're having to deal with and then not take things personally. And it's like this whole, um, kind of like Rubik's cube of trying to like be okay. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh my God. I think that's beautifully said. Thanks. That is gorgeously said. You're such a good astrologer. But that's Shut true up. though. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> but the energy of Pluto is that energy of acting from a place of scarcity. Mm -hmm. Survival. Yeah. Right. And you're like, I'm sorry what I, <laughs> I'm sorry yeah. that that happened. And it's like, these instinctual animalistic versions of ourselves mm -hmm. like that. Well, and not to say that like there isn't some external force that is also putting you in threat or putting mm -hmm. you under, yeah. you know, duress, duress. I would say particularly if Pluto is opposing one of your personal planets. Yes. Um, but Pluto in transit girl, like, it has been opposing my Mars and that whole Pluto, that all happened. That yeah. Mercury-Pluto opposition happened on my natal oh, Mars. Oh, your Mars. My natal Mars. And I lost everything. Yeah. On my laptop. Yeah. But also, like, the, the lesson or the gift of those Pluto transits is transformation, which is, like, how can I further integrate that... Um, the the character of me you know the person that i have like evolved into with that survival aspect it's yeah. like how can i bring more um how can i transmute 
the the kind of like the creature who acts out of you know the will to survive and how can I bring that willpower yeah how can I bring that strength um into my character into Mm -hmm. my sense of self it empowers yeah and empower yeah that's the ultimate goal is yeah to take back our own personal yeah but it power, also it also shows you some dark corners of yourself well, yeah it does and and that was the energy for the last uh, <laughs> two weekends of july everyone hope that it sat well with you, um, you well you did it <laughs> so you, you made it you did great so you made it and now august is here to kick us in the ass a little bit <laughs> Um, so anything else, any other reflections for July? I love everything. I think the only other thing that I had jotted down here was the energetic reset with Mars and Venus, um, that happened in July and like earlier in July around the 13th, I thought it was a wonderful cultural manifestation when Britney Spears got to choose her own attorney. I thought that really aligned well with the astrology of July, Mm -hmm. how right after this, this astrological renewal took place, Britney Spears got a a new ally in her corner when she had that Venus Mars conjunction in her um, 11th house. I love that. I love that for her. I'm so happy for her. And it was a wonderful manifestation of the astrology and how um, we kind of went through this subtle but potent energetic renewal in July and felt this new sense of self and who we are and how we appear in the world and how we serve and what our purpose is Mm -hmm. kind of I feel like that I was feeling and kind of seeing that on a a personal and on a collective level too yeah um I I definitely felt it on a personal level I think that it would probably be a fun exercise um for all of you out there to take a look (laughs) at your chart and see what house Leo falls in um, and what house uh, Mars and Venus came together to bring something to life. Yeah. Um, Because it, like for me, it was very textbook third house, new perceptions, new ideas, new questions, new um, (laughs) opportunities to do some like self-study. Yeah. And, uh, Yeah, but I think everyone I've talked to, there's been something that wasn't here before in one way or another. Yeah, I feel that. I Mine's happening in my second house, and I went through... And I, I also kind of had the advantage of knowing that it was happening in my second house, so I redid all of my, uh, you know, organized all my financials. And after I was done with that, like came up with like my budgeting systems and like canceled subscription services that I like don't use anymore. Cause oh God, I was like, Oh, this you. is a good time to like clean everything. Well, up. Yeah. And Saturn and is opposing all of that. Exa- yeah. Totally. You're doing good. I'm doing, I'm, <laughs> I got it. Um, and then, so, so the second house is the, ha- is the area of your chart that represents, um, possessions money finances values and then after that i went through all of my clothes i got new 
And I literally did a huge clothing purge because I was like, I want to make sure that everything I own mm-hmm. reflects my values and who I am. And that feels really authentic to me because that was a very Leo time. So that was my Leo activity that I did. Love that. No, and I feel super fresh now. Good. Like I feel like it was like a I parted ways with a lot of like business casual clothes that I wore a lot like er- in my 20s like with my early career yeah and it was kind of sad because I was like I'm never gonna wear I like I'm never gonna wear these clothes like but I lo- still loved them yeah but I had to let them go but you had to be like realistic about yeah, exactly. it because Saturn it wasn't me anymore the clothes didn't fit yeah you had to be they just authentic didn't fit who I was mm-hmm. like not even like yeah who I am yeah oh Leo Leo really fit my Leo <laughs> it's happening right over my Leo moon too anyway so that was my major reflection for July yeah yeah, that was that was a great time. And I felt like the the lunations, I really enjoyed the Cancer new moon. And I thought the new the full moon in Capricorn or the full moon. Oh, I'm sorry, the full the Cancer new moon lovely. At first second I thought Capricorn that was the month before. But the Aquarius yeah. full moon I thought was falling right kind of during the Mercury like Mercury Pluto stuff, so it was still a little intense. It was yeah. The moon I, passed be, over Pluto. Yeah. It was a little intense. It was, which is interesting because that full moon fell exactly on top of my sun and opposite my moon. Ooh. And so it was really wow. impactful for me. But the Pluto opposition was so crushing yeah. that I, I, to be honest, do not know what that full moon brought about for me other than like some Pluto-y stuff <laughs> i mean which can happen <laughs> right um but yeah it was kind of hard to assess because the energy was so intense for sure well those are reflections for july yeah give yourself a moment to reflect if you need to <laughs> what happened for you what did you love mean reflecting for you? on astrology almost as much if not more than i do predicting it and talking about it in the future personally i love reflecting on it to me to that me, is where the wisdom comes from i completely agree and i have like a very complicated relationship to the quote-unquote predicting aspect of it mm-hmm. um to be honest like they're not my favorite readings to give. Yeah. They're because oftentimes we look ahead out of a need to know. Yes. We look ahead for control. And that I think takes some of well, it takes your presence away. Um and it gives you this false sense of control because you don't really know what it means for you. And it can, when you're seeking that amount of control, you ultimately sacrifice your own autonomy and and your own ability to like create and work with the universe instead of just saying, tell me what, 
is gonna happen yeah you know it's like it it locks you off from receiving mm -hmm. what is for you um in in order to sort of like stay the course because yeah. that's what i'm comfortable with yeah um and so i tend to when i do look ahead for myself or for someone else i definitely speak more in potential yeah absolutely and i certainly do not give anything that sounds like answers because i don't think that predictive astrology is meant for answers no it's meant it, it really is meant yeah it's meant to you know it's meant to serve as a guide it's meant to help us work with the universe it's not meant to be as a substitute it's yeah. meant to be as a compliment and i th i think that there is the opportunity to better offer yourself grace mm -hmm. if you know that this period of time is a difficult one Absolutely. you know if you know what you're going through or if you know what you're working with then you know how to work it before mm -hmm. it works you and that just means like it doesn't mean you know being in control of everything that is going on around you but it does mean having the grace to ride the wave mm -hmm. rather than feeling like you have to control the entire ocean you know exactly and then you can be gentle with yourself you can be kind to yourself and compassionate to yourself and know that like this period of time will pass but for right now this is what it is Agreed. And with that, <laughs> August, how do we ride the wave into August? What are like, if you had to call out before we dive into the week to week details, if you had to call out any like high level themes for the month, what energy speaks the most to you? Um, I really feel like this month is marked by the lunations yeah particularly the lunations and then the relationship between the sun moving through leo opposing saturn and aquarius oh yeah um and what <laughs> it's leo season so like i'm getting mm -hmm. all of these like theatrical metaphors um, and I feel like because we have these two Aquarius full moons, to me, the first Aquarius full moon that was at the end of July is like the dress rehearsal. It is like final dress. It's like the last moment to kind of like tweak our intentions, get aligned with our talents, make sure everyone is like ready to go and ready to be seen. And then the dress rehearsal happens then the leo new moon is where like everyone comes together and it's like okay well what needs to change what can we tweak what needs to be done differently where can we you know um be louder or more bold or more curated or more whatever and then at the end of the month on the 22nd that final aquarius full moon is like opening night it is like big show there's like celebratory energy around it 
Um, I'm really looking forward to that full moon. I know, me too. Um, and I think that with this show analogy, the transit of the sun through Leo during Leo season, and which moves, you know, is the majority of um, of August, is really about with Saturn's involvement is about like grounding yourself in your worth and sort of like paring things down, like mm. assessing who are you performing for? Leo is the performer. Yeah. And as the performer, who is your perceived audience? Is your audience everyone? Because if you're performing for an audience, you're trying to gain their accolades. You want their applause. Um, but if you're performing for the masses, that's a lot of like probably editing you have to do in order to appease everyone, appeal to everyone. And I think with Saturn's involvement, it's really about like asking yourself, is the audience I'm performing for um, aligned with my values? Can I allow myself to be fully seen in the face of this audience? Because, you know, you can perform for the masses and it might feel good to get applause from the masses, but chances are you can't, your authentic self is not going to blow everyone away. And you can pare your audience down, like your close people, like, are you looking for mm. their applause? Your yeah. nearest and dearest? Or like, is it an audience of one? Are you learning how to perform for yourself and gain your own self-celebration? And so I think it has a lot to do with like assessing who is my audience mm. and who do I have to be in order to get what I want from them, which is praise. That's beautiful. I'm like, and scene. And scene. That's all for the podcast. That was it. Jordan said it all in that quick rant. <laughs> That's beautiful. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was an actor for my whole life before I was an astrologer. Mm -hmm. And I remember the difference between the pressure of performing to 1,600 people versus the the freedom in a lot of ways of performing for an audience who sought out some like small experimental theater thing that I was doing um, because they were here to see what we were doing. And with that big audience, I'm like, they, you know, could have been a date, you know, you, there are all of these like ways that you could have found yourself there that weren't necessarily like, I'm dying to see this show. And so we had to be more appealing to yeah. a wider group of people than like being weird experimental theater kids performing for other weird experimental theater kids. Yeah, that's, that is the perfect analogy. And that literally, <laughs> like, everything you said also aligns perfectly with the notes that I wrote for, like, <laughs> uh, the transits that I have down. It's like, 
Oh my god, really? I'm dead. I'm dead ass serious. Like our Leo moons. I'm dead ass serious. <laughs> it's like yeah, and which we'll talk about whichever with the transits yeah. actually as this podcast continues. But we're they, just thinking in theater metaphors. It all aligns. Our Leo moons always speak. Yeah, in theater. <laughs> like <laughs> love a good theater metaphor. It's but, our birthright. Right. It absolutely is. <laughs> I didn't have anything as poetic to say for the overall month ahead vibe, but you summed it up pretty beautifully. Okay, cool. The <laughs> only thing that I really feel into with this August, especially for the first half of August, it really feels like a very grounding and humbling energy that helps us mm-hmm. get clear, not just about the details that need to be tweaked, but the amount of effort that it's going to take us to be able to make the changes that we need to. And especially for the first bit of August, we're really being served like a healthy dose of humble pie. Mm-hmm. We're, being, um, we're being critiqued. There's not a lot of laughter. There's not a lot of applause yet. But towards the end of the month of August, I feel that sense of reward and that sense of applause that really comes with the full moon. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, So let's dive in. Let's dive in and talk about the the nitty gritty to the dirty details for the weeks of August. So. For the first week of August, I mean, I feel like the beginning of August, first week, first couple days of August Mm -hmm. even, are a little intense. There, we're going to have Mercury opposing Saturn and the Sun opposing Saturn. Well, Mercury and the Sun are going to meet up. They're going to come together in the sky in the sign of Leo. And then they're going to oppose Saturn on the first and second. Yeah. Any uh, thoughts with this initial start of August energy? Um, It's a crunchy way to start. Um, I think it's a big ego check. Yes, huge ego check. Um, Saturn is the first to remind us how small and unfinished and unrefined Mm -hmm. and not ready we are. And so I think that it is, one, an ego check where we are sort of brought back down to earth. But also, I think it's an opportunity to, with Mercury there, really get real with yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think if you can, I mean, Sun and Mercury and Leo, I was going to say, if you can like avoid internalizing or taking things too personally, which is easier Mm -hmm. said than done. Um, I think it provides an opportunity to see yourself. Saturn is providing a mirror to the sun and Mercury and reflecting a very um, bare bones uh, sort of view of yourself and seeing that without putting a value judgment on it, and incorporating that self-image into your egoic self-image, which is likely more inflated than that. Yeah. And finding like a middle ground, Absolutely. integrating. This, for this, actually, for these first two days, I think that this is when that theme of not everybody's feedback matters mm-hmm. is going to be 
acutely felt in our experience because Mars just moved into Virgo at the very end of July. So that energy is new and fresh and tedious and critical. Yeah. Self-critical, critical of others, all of those things. And then the sun and Mercury meet up and it, it feels like a song that wants to be sung to its fullest and most beautiful extent in all of the Mariah Carey registers. But it, with Saturn opposing it, there's something that is crushing or limiting the, our voice mm-hmm. or the song that wants to be sung. Or there's just this harsh reality that we haven't put in the work yet. Yeah. That there is still more work to be done. So also with this first couple days of August, I think it's really important to remember to not be so hard on yourself. Like Mm -hmm. do not be fucking hard on yourself during the first couple days of August because yes, there is more work to be done, but that's okay. And who's afraid of work? Who's afraid of a little elbow grease? Yeah. You know, you don't, it's nothing that means that it's, you're not worthy. That doesn't mean that it's not impossible. It just means that it's not the right time and there needs to be a little more time, Yeah, which is, which is absolutely fine. Yeah. And I think that with this opposition too comes Leo pressure perform like profession and and like also taking to account like I said who you're performing for Mm -hmm. and these oppositions will happen and then immediately square Uranus which is a planet of change um and in this sort of square aspect it sort of requires that we do the change yeah and so um maybe taking This a a a new sense of self, new information about yourself, and putting that into practice in a way that like is authentic, but also maybe risky when it comes to navigating the status quo. Um, so like being radically honest or authentic or true to yourself. Yeah. And I think that's a perfect segue into the energy for the rest of the week, Mm -hmm. actually that first week, because Venus, we're getting a lot of Uranian energy for the rest of the week, which has to do with radical authenticity. Yeah. Um, Uniqueness. Uniqueness. And Venus will trine Uranus on the third and then the sun will square Uranus on Friday. And that, that first weekend we get a little bit of that Uranus square energy. Sun squares Uranus on Friday and the Leo new moon is on Sunday the eighth. And that will also be in a loose square um, in a nice loose square to Uranus as well. Mm -hmm. Any thoughts initially on this Uranian energy? Um, I think that it makes me think of a podcast I listened to recently mm-hmm. with Michelle Pelazon of Holisticism, and um, she was talking about how in order to make big leaps 
towards your ideals, towards mm-hmm. what you want in this life, towards your dreams, which are all very Leo. Um, you need to make paradoxical decisions, mm-hmm. which means decisions that may go against logic. And in this case, um, you know, that Saturn opposition is all about the pressure towards logic, the mm-hmm. pressure towards what is expected of you. Whereas these squares from Uranus is like, do something different, mm-hmm. do something big, do something they wouldn't expect, shock them, you know? Right. And I think that it is this like push to do something shocking or, or embody a sense of self that is shocking and with the with the venus of it all it just like is an extra boost of innovative energy mm-hmm. you know that venus is going to be inspired in new ways and um how we put that into practice will will be um sort of a product of that square to uranus absolutely and i feel like this is the last major hit of the square that we're getting between um, the inner planets, Venus, Mars, Mercury, the sun, that last square to Uranus from Leo. Yeah. So with that technical, like uh, astrological perspective, I feel like this first week is really showing us the challenges that we're going to face when we are, do have the courage to be authentic. Yeah. And it's not a comfortable feeling, but at least it's real and at least it's authentic and it's okay to be uncomfortable when you're pushed to change. The thing that really comes to my mind with this energy is like change is uncomfortable, but staying the same is so much worse. And with this last, especially on the new moon, um, on that Sunday, on the 8th, I feel like with that new moon, it gives us this energy of like, I'm going to double down on who I've chosen to be. Mm -hmm. Even though it's uncomfortable, even though I don't feel so great or as confident as leo energy should yeah i'm gonna do it anyway Mm -hmm. so on that new moon i feel like that's really an important time to you know sink into our own worth and to tell ourselves that we're good enough yeah and to reestablish that relationship within of that of our relationship to feedback and to be our own biggest fan and to be our own biggest supporter and to love ourselves and how special and unique we are first before we expect the applause. Yeah. And then just allow that applause to come in in full force mm-hmm. and receive it on the full moon on the 22nd at the yeah. end of the month. You know, I think with this new moon, there is... Um, there is a heightened fertility yeah. of Leo. And 
Ooh, I liked that. I, I love that heightened yeah. fertility. Well, of there Leo. is. That's like Leo is such a fertile sign. It is. It's fecund. Yeah. It's <laughs> it is it is kundalini. It is creativity. It is generative. Yeah. It is it is the energy of of birthing. Yeah. And I think that with this new moon and Leo also being a beacon of, of worth, of worthiness. Leo is the sign that teaches us you are born worthy, you live worthy, and you die worthy. And there's nothing outside of yourself that has any influence on that. And because of that like fertile and creative and generative nature, Leo's a master manifester. And mm-hmm. I do not mean that in like mm-hmm. the like cult wellness, like good vibes only like write down that you want a million dollars and vision board it it, like fuck that (laughs) um but in the sense of aligning your intentions with your worth and there is this like uh meditation or visioning that uh manifestation people uh prompt which is what would you do if you knew you already had it Mm, like and just prepare yourself to receive um being i mean like use that with your own discretion like if you're trying to quote-unquote manifest millions of dollars (laughs) um good luck (laughs) But if if it is aligned with bringing your intentions to life, what yeah. would you do next if your intention already came alive? How would you how would you take your next steps forward and invest your energy in doing that? I love that. Any other words of wisdom for the new moon? No, I feel like that was gorgeous. <laughs> no, that was gorgeous. Any any quick ritual tips? Um, rituals. Uh, I think. Um, do that yeah like what you said honestly leo play play fucking pretend play pretend play pretend literally (laughs) i feel like doing something fun that brings your heart joy and feeling joy and cultivating joy Mm -hmm. in whatever ritualistic practice way feels good yeah because it's that fun energy like your vibe Mm-hmm. is the most attractive part of you. Yeah. And get yourself in that good energy, good vibe feeling. Yeah, it's like Leah. Uh, it's like That's Lizzo. Like, if I'm shining, everybody I'm gonna, gonna shine. Exactly. So what makes you shine? Do that thing. Exactly. Play pretend. Bring what you want to life by pretending you already have it, seeing what that feels like, and um, laugh. Right. That's my assignment to you. Laugh. Laugh, laugh, laugh. <laughs> We're going to just get together and laugh. I always say, I always say, um, because my joke is that I'm starting, starting a Leo moon army because they, I, I just like, they come to me. I know so many Leo moons. It's absurd. And so I'm like at our first Leo moon army meeting, it'll just be like all of us like complimenting and smiling and like giggling at each other right (laughs) it'll be fun for no one else but us (laughs) (laughs) like no you're the best no capricorns allowed (laughs) no capricorn i do know a capricorn sun leo moon 
Oh, and fun. Yeah, I th- I think that Capricorn is a very dry humor sign too. Oh yeah. So it's like the very like dry, almost like British sense of humor. Yes, one hundred percent. Or like that, like yeah, that that smart British humor, like that, or that like Monty Python type of stuff. Yeah, very dry. Yeah, very dry. Very dry. Sarcastic. <laughs> so let's yeah, very sarcastic and cynical. Um, okay, so let's dive into the next week. Okay, August 9th through the fifteenth. So this is an interesting week. Little little shift. Mercury moves into Virgo. So this week, I think the biggest things that we have going on, Venus opposes Neptune on August 9th. And I actually feel like Venus is going to oppose Neptune on the 9th and Mercury is going to oppose Neptune on the 24th. So I think that on the 9th and in this, to start out the second week of August, but just in August in general, I feel like because of these Neptune oppositions from Virgo, this second week is really going to feel like a time where we're seeking clarity when we think we should have it. And when it, in all actuality from the outside looking in it, it is there, but we just don't see it. I feel like this is like a snow globe almost is getting kicked up mm, and we're I like, Oh shit. Oh shit. Oh shit. Oh shit. Um, I thought I had it all figured out. I thought I had it all t- gone together, but all of these, um, like annoying distractions where this confusion keeps on getting, um, kicked up in my experience and it's unclear. It's foggy waters. It's turbidity. It's like, I yeah. don't, I can't cut through this when I, I just had it. Like I just had it all in my hands together and then it slipped right out. Yeah. And I think that especially for this first week, so for the second week of August, it kind of feels like a time where we have to just be still and like let ourselves sit in stillness for a second. So the water can settle. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think it'll be a time that requires grounding and presence because with Venus in this opposition to Neptune, um, things are not as they feel. Yeah. And then later in the month when Mercury opposes Neptunes, things are not as they appear. Yeah. And so there has to be an awareness that there, that is a time of confusion Mm. and that the lack of clarity is not going to be solved Virgo Virgo loves (laughs) to problem solve and to fix um but it's not going to be solved in the window of that opposition and so um finding whatever comfort Venus you can in the discomfort of the unknown which is Neptune exactly and also, it's a great time to turn to more intuitive wisdom. So, like, it is a great time if you have questions or you seek clarity, not to look for answers because 
I don't think answers are the reality of this time. Mm -hmm. But to turn to your tarot cards, to turn to your pendulums, Mm -hmm. just to orient you. Because it's like, you know, it's like you've been on one of those like rides that like spins you in a circle and the whole room is spinning and you just don't even know which way you're facing Mm. and so looking to intuitive wisdom or intuitive insight just to kind of like turn you in the right direction or get you right side up any direction yeah um but it's not you know it's not going to be a time where things are clear or you're going to find answers or whatever so yeah it's a very sensitive time too. Sensing, so for sure. Keep an eye out for like intuitive hits right. or synchronicities. Absolutely. And the next day Mercury is gonna oppose Jupiter and then Mercury is gonna move into Virgo on that Wednesday. So I feel like the rest of the week is like it's like Monday is like, whoa, I tripped and I spilled my papers everywhere. And then the rest <laughs> of the week is like, okay, let's organize it let's sort it let's put our let's get our let's try to do what we can realistically to Mm -hmm. grasp on something well and i think with um mercury opposing jupiter that that's a beautiful transit that really offers a a, uh, an opportunity to zoom out and get Mm -hmm. a really big picture view right um and with that view coming so soon um, before Mercury moves into Virgo, um, I think it's an opportunity to get like that big picture idea Mm -hmm. in mind and then get organized with like the steps that you want to take. And also with the Virgo of it all using discernment. Yeah. If, there are steps or opportunities or whatever in your path that ultimately don't seem to align with your big picture goal or your big picture mm-hmm. idea. Chances are it's not for you. Yeah. And so having the discernment to say, no, even though on paper this seems like a great thing, but I, I ideally I'm trying to get all the way up here and this is not a stepping stone to that. Yeah, absolutely. Beautifully put beautifully put honestly (laughs) nothing else to say about that let's move to the third week of august okay um from about the 16th to oh yeah 16th to the 22nd this kind of feels i feel like this the start of this third week of august like from the 16th to the 22nd it kind of feels like a very very like it's a new it's new month like i feel a lot of new month energy coming into our experience because on the 16th Venus will move into Libra mm-hmm. and I think that this is going to really give us a wonderful positive tone change yeah. to our experience like the f- the first half of August is a little quiet it's a, just a little it's a little cloudy yeah you know or a little like not what we want not maybe not what we expected time to like, put in the work blah yeah. blah blah but this the net the rest of the month you know it's not half bad and yeah. i think the venus and libra transit is going to be gorgeous astro weather i f- yes i feel like with all this virgo energy to me virgo i mean virgo is very contained mm-hmm. there is like not a whole 
lot of room to breathe in Virgo. Yeah. Um, the visual I get for Virgo is like uh, an overhead view of like a warehouse with like many little rooms, like many little compartments mm-hmm. or something. And it is all about like utility and efficiency. Um, but it's it can be somewhat stark. And then there and then Venus moves into Libra and there's just like more room to breathe. There's more air. Mm-hmm. There's more sensation. Like all of a sudden there are like scents to pick up on and there are there are there is yeah, there are beautiful things to lock eyes with. It and like you hear the like sound of birds chirping and um so it does feel like a a roomier, sort of airier vibe. Yeah. Absolutely. I feel that completely. I think that because Venus has been in Virgo for the past couple of weeks and Venus is in fall in Virgo, it's so utilitarian mm-hmm. when Venus wants everything to be beautiful and harmonious and it doesn't want to work and it wants to lounge and eat grapes yeah. and be with friends and hang out and just and chat. do beautiful things Let's all day. Chat. But it's had to work pretty, it's like had to work harder than it wants to. Yeah. And now is a really wonderful time that I just get the vibe to beautify everything in your life mm-hmm. and to focus on introducing beautiful things in your life as a form of self-care is how I think about and digest this Venus and Libra transit, you know, and whether that means put like getting eyelash extensions that you've always wanted, (laughs) getting your nails done, getting highlights, put in your hair, beautifying your home, you know, redecorating, depending on where Venus lives in your chart is going to dictate exactly where that beautification is going to be and live in. Mm -hmm. But in general, I just feel like beautify to amplify for this transit a hundred percent and for the latter half of August specifically. Yeah. I think that also like investing in your, nourishing connections yes you know the connections that because with um you know venus is what we invest in it's what we give our resources Mm -hmm. to which is attention energy um focus Mm -hmm. but mars is how we do it mars is still in virgo and so um it's like what relationships have fed you the way that you have fed them yeah where you've put the work Mm -hmm. um and discernment using discernment with like your precious resources Mm -hmm. venus in virgo or venus in um libra there's a preciousness to that and your resources your time your energy your attention your focus all are precious resources um that are not infinite And so making sure that you are investing in places that have that sort of like uh, purposeful quality to them. So not only does Venus change signs this month into Libra and it's gorgeous, but this week also is host to some like big astrology. Mm -hmm. Like this, this week is probably the this is the opening night. Yeah. This, this it's week is night. huge on Wednesday. Mercury is conjunct Mars in Virgo. And then the day after that, the sun is going to oppose Jupiter. 
like I this is a this is a lot of big energy we're getting in the middle of the week. I feel like around that Wednesday, it's it's a really important time to be clear about everything in your life and mm-hmm. to get to the point. Like I feel like with the Mercury Mars conjunction in Virgo, the theme that I'm really getting, like the energy from that is that clarity is the most kind thing you can do. Mm. And I feel like that Virgo clarity that is practical, it's common sense, it's no nonsense. And sometimes it can come off as a little harsh, but I feel like that's what we might need at the moment. So I think that there's an aggravation and agitation or maybe even just a heightened energetic state of maybe internal criticism or external criticism. But really that might feel like a more shadowy side of this transit, but Mm -hmm. on the light side, I think it gives us the opportunity to see things clearly and to get to the point and to get to the root of an issue of a situation of a communication. Mm -hmm. I think on the bright side, this is going to offer us a little more clarity, but also kind of an ego boost directly after. I think, you know, with Venus and Libra, it does bring uh, an energy of tact. Mm -hmm. And so I think that there is this sort of like built in consideration Mm -hmm. that is underscoring this conjunction, which to me is refinement. Like it's not about niceties. It's not about pleasantries. It's not about flowery, you know, excess. It is refine, 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 um, down to, the point the meaning like like what are you trying to say just say it sort of energy or what are you trying to do just do it Mm -hmm. and without the excuses or the you know um the prefaces just Mm -hmm. it's just do it nike swish just do it (laughs) but after you just do it there's a little bit of a reward. There's mm-hmm. a little bit of a hell yeah, I did that yeah. type of energy. Yeah. There's a from little Jupiter. bit of that from Jupiter. High five. The high five. There's a there's a really big high five. There's a really big <laughs> pat on the back. We get a little bit of the applause yeah. that we've been craving. I feel like around around that Sun Jupiter opposition on that Thursday. Mm-hmm. And then at the very end of the week we have that gorgeous Aquarius full moon, full moon that we've all been dreaming about all year. Yeah. But what I love about this Aquarius full moon on that Sunday is that there's gorgeous little astro astrology happening before and after it. Mm-hmm. So it's like this third week, the latter half of August, a lot of blessings come into our experience. We've got Mercury trine Uranus on the 20th, which is like going to help us be really innovative with Mm -hmm. what we're doing. And then Venus is trying the North node on that Saturday, which is going to give us a sense of purpose and Mm -hmm. duty and feel like we're being pulled towards our destiny or towards something that's much larger than us. And then we have this gorgeous, gorgeous full moon on Sunday, which is the party full moon. Yeah. It's the time to celebrate. Yeah. 
And then Venus is trying Saturn and we get a little bit of clarity and a more affirmation mm-hmm. that we did a good job, that we done good. Yeah. And that did good kid. 2021 is giving us a little bit of the fruit and a little bit of the applause that we've been waiting for. Yeah. What are your thoughts on the astrology of this week and this full moon? I mean, I think that this, like I said before, this full moon is very celebratory. Mm-hmm. And the first full moon was in in the eye of Saturn. You know, Saturn wasn't too far away. So it was really like that's where the rehearsal energy came from. It mm-hmm. was like we're not, you know, it's not fully ready yet. We're still in the like opening stages. Mm-hmm. And now with the opposition to to Jupiter, we're really in front of our audience. Yeah. It's really happening. And I think moving through this full moon with presence, like be present for the gift of this full moon. Yeah. Um, because chances are it has an opportunity to reveal some potential that maybe you weren't um that weren't reflected back to you from a place of celebration you know in the in the view of saturn it nothing's good enough for saturn but jupiter is like more is more i'll celebrate Mm -hmm. it all like and i think that it is it is also an opportunity to like let your let your hair down and enjoy and really soak it up. Absolutely. And I think if anything, um, using this celebratory energy in like a ritual sense to take a look at what was happening, what intentions, what seeds you were planting at the Aquarius new moon in February. I think it was February 11th. Yeah, I Some, think so. I think February 11th. Um, like, what were you desiring around that that new moon? What did you want that you didn't quite have yet? And um, what about that is different now? It's a really beautiful opportunity to um, celebrate not only this moment, but all of the tiny victories that have led you to where you are now. Um, so much has changed this year on a personal yeah. and collective level. Um, None of us have been exempt from the trials and tribulations set out by the current astrology. And so I think if anything, it's like a really beautiful time to, we're going back to the theater analogies, have opening night, curtains are up, the time is now, the lights are on, you do the show, and then you always have that like after party. Mm Mm-hmm. So, like, don't neglect to go to the after party and celebrate with the people who you have worked so hard with. And that might just be you and you, but that sounds like a damn good party to me. Exactly. And the sign of Aquarius is the sign of our friendships and our groups and our communities and our networks. And it's the groups of people who align with our shared vision. Mm Mm-hmm. And if there's anything that Jupiter is good at, it's aligning people towards a shared purpose or an ideal or a goal. Mm -hmm. So there is this sense of this new moon of, of like, we did it together. We did it through this collective effort. Yeah. And 
the opening night analogy is just perfect, like in every sense of the word for I this. There, I'm also feeling like big high five energy. It's, it beca- like it's this culmination of 2021. High fiving yeah, each other. It's true. It's and it really is. The seeds were sown back in February with the new moon in Aquarius, mm-hmm. and then delivered to us twice this summer. Yeah, and they were really sown, like you were saying in our before cho chat in our last podcast in december really yeah. uh, during the great conjunction yeah but this is really going to highlight all of the gifts and all of the blessings but the other thing i love about this full moon in aquarius is the fact that mars is going to be in a trine to uranus i love that so it's literally like and i think about the new moon was in a square to uranus so mm-hmm. it was like the the beginning of this month has this feeling of the challenges that come with change yeah. overcoming our ego to move in a direction that's more progressive and yeah. more more forward thinking or different um but this is cele- this full moon it celebrates us yeah. for that behavior it celebrates those risks and it yep. gives us more energy to be different it gives us more harmony in expressing our authenticity it's like you did it and you did it your way Mm -hmm. that's the like that's the praise i hear exactly coming from this full moon yeah um so revel in it revel in being the rebel yes doing it authentically and creating a vision with people who align with your dreams it's a really i love this it's a huge moment Mm -hmm. to be so proud of everything that's been accomplished every it's the high five new it's the high five full moon high five the party moon ritual there are the rituals we know the ritual yeah Party. party high five party be with your friends be with your friends also but virgo be safe obviously yes, obviously we're facing more restrictions we are mandated to wear masks do those things take those precautions because of this virgo energy but enjoy 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 and if you really want to take it to the next level you can look and see where aquarius falls in your chart mm-hmm. like what house it falls in if you have any planets in aquarius this full moon is really going to highlight that area of your life or that planet or that area of your life experience to get more of the details on exactly where 2021 has been working working you yeah for sure so after this week of of highs, you know, we it's it's a it's a really strong week. It's a strong way to end the month of August. We then have the next week which is about the 23rd to the 29th, but we'll push it to the end of the month. So the next week, again, we are kind of coming off this high. I feel like that Monday is going to set the tone of the nice Venus trying to Saturn it's going to give us a little bit of that clarity and the reward that we've been seeking mm-hmm. and then Mercury's opposite Neptune again things are not as they appear things are not as they appear um lots of uncertainty lots of disorientation it's lots w- of illusion delusion um this is also the energy of like lies deceit mm-hmm. um and I would say with Virgo, um, with Mercury and Virgo, Virgo, like 
needs to know the information. Virgo mm. like likes to know the facts, the figures, the evidence. And this is a time where you just won't have that. Exactly. <laughs> the di- This is a time to double check the numbers. Yeah. This is a time to exert a little extra skepticism. Yep. Just out of precaution. Just dealing with the astrology. Well, like- it's, it's kind of like Mercury and Virgo moves very quickly. Mm-hmm. But it's... It's like Mercury in Virgo is like buzzing along, doing its Virgo thing, flitting all the way, like here and there and everywhere. And then it's like it hits a wall of water. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden it's moving through water. And Mercury in Virgo is like, I don't know how to move through water. And Neptune is like, I know. Right. <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, but that's this is where you are right now. <laughs> so like leaning into the taking it slow. Yeah. Another time for like looking to intuitive wisdom over rational wisdom um, for guidance, not for answers, Um, because it is a really disorienting, really overwhelming time, particularly if you're not allowing yourself space to move at the pace that water allows. Mm -hmm. Have you ever tried to punch underwater? It doesn't work. But if you're expecting yourself to be able to, like, battle someone underwater, you're going to you're going to be disappointed because you can't. Yeah, it's a different game. You have to adapt. Mm -hmm. And that is where this opposition happening in the mutable signs is there's more flexibility there. Yeah. And so um, intending on or focusing on sort of the adaptation process during that time might have you coming out of it it's not that long of a transit but it might you have you coming out of that you know that those feels for a, a day and a half two days with um with broader tools yeah. you know tools that aren't only just grounded in pragmatism or practicality or logic but have a little bit more sensitivity have a little bit more intuition have a little bit more psychic attunement yeah. um, because that's what Neptune asks us to do is to transcend um, and that process is like really disorienting but on the other side is a, a higher level of understanding and consciousness absolutely it's a more nuanced understanding too yeah. it's like seeks out all of the nuance like je ne sais quoi clues about whatever the topic is at hand so well, yeah. I feel like this is a very like and like Virgo is everything that is said mm-hmm. Virgo is everything that is like plotted and planned Neptune is everything that lives in the in between mm. it is everything that is unsaid it is everything that is you know above below it is unseen it is unheard um, but it still exists it's the quality of nothingness and it and and big neptune transits thrust us into that nothingness Mm. it thrusts us into the void void and and nonsense which is i mean kind of one of my favorite things about neptune is um being that we like live in such a 
sensical world where sense is such a priority. Things need to make sense. They need to fall in order. They have to, you know, be logical and rational. There's this whole other invisible, uh, neglected side of our consciousness that is inherently attuned to nonsense. It is imagination. It is Mm. spirit. It is synchronicity. Um, it's like where all the magic lives and, um, I think it's like the Aquarian rebel in me that's like, take the time to give value to that nonsense and don't try to make it into something like, don't try to make it into sense because that's not, that's not what it is. They're not always, you know, equally correlated, but it gives you just a, a more vast, this um, trend. Yes, now that you're saying that, this it gives you more vast imagination. Yeah, Vastness. experience. I remember that just hearing you talking about this Mercury opposition to Neptune has me thinking about the lyrics to "Happiness Is a Warm Gun," where John mm-hmm. Lennon wrote, "Like, oh fuck, I'm forgetting them. It's like like a lizard on a window pane, or it's, uh, I God, I fr- I'm good." kick myself for forgetting it but john lennon wrote some you know nonsensical lyrics Mm -hmm. whatever it's like a lizard on a window pane Mm -hmm. and somebody asked him about the lyrics and all he could say was like it doesn't mean anything it doesn't have to mean anything yeah like i'm not but yeah no it's just nonsense and that's that yeah i love that i love that that's mercury opposite yeah (laughs) and sometimes the things that are born out of nonsense resonate with you in a way that very much makes sense. Because even though not every piece of nonsense can be translated into sense, um, we have a personal relationship to certain nonsense. Mm -hmm. And so feeling that depiction of nonsense in our being whether it like evokes a memory or uh some like imaginary device we used to use you know it it taps us in a way that unlocks some like sensory sensitive imaginative creative aspect of us yeah um and so yeah not everything needs to make sense in order to make sense to you exactly Ooh, that was Ooh, good. Ooh, that was good. <laughs> Write that one down. Sometimes I say good things. Not everything has to make. I know that's right. That's why. That's why you have an Athena conjunct midhaven and Gemini rising. That's true. I just talk, and then sometimes good things come out, and sometimes nonsense comes out. <laughs> <laughs> so for the rest of the month of August, it's pretty. It's pretty light astrology. Mm-hmm. Venus will trine Pluto on Thursday, exactly, and then move into Libra on Monday. So for the rest of the month, it's it's pretty light astrology yeah the, you know the mercury trine pluto will give us extra sense of passion in how we think and communicate mm-hmm. about our life and then i feel like we venus or excuse me mercury will move into libra which will where it will go retrograde later it's going to be in Mer- Mercury is going to be in Libra for a hot second. Yeah. But 
it's I don't know. I get the energy from this that we are being supported and guided into September with a lot of powerful momentum Mm -hmm. from the end of August in general. Yeah. I think there is a new conviction and how this astrology and there's a new conviction almost in who we are and how we move through the world. Mm -hmm. I think that the end of the month feels like a really powerful time to almost close the chapter for the first half of 2021. Yeah. And when Mercury moves into Libra, where it's going to stay for a very long time, I feel like it marks the beginning of a new set of astrology. Almost. That's going to, mark the latter half of 2021 so i feel like on a personal and a collective level it's this feeling of completion mm-hmm. of wrapping things up of being proud for ourselves uh, being proud of ourselves yeah and feeling powerful in how we move through the world yeah i th- i i agree i think that um this mercury retrograde marks a more subdued um expression of the astrology because like since the beginning of the year the i would say particularly as things kind of like lit up the saturn uranus square yeah um they were very loud you know it was happening in aquarius and it was happening in taurus which is just like megaphone to what's already happening and then it was happening in leo which is a megaphone of its own um and then that battle goes underwater. Yes. I feel like the new battle, which we'll talk a lot more about next month in mm-hmm. September, is the Mercury square Pluto. That's going to be happening. Yeah. That's going to be revealing. Yes. Revealing. Yes. Well, because with Mercury retrograde in Libra, like the energy that I pick up from that is like, seeing things through through someone else's eyes Mm -hmm. getting like an outside view of yourself Mm -hmm. because libra is the other and so it really is a with those squares to pluto it's a very revealing mirror that you're looking into um that you might not want to look into Mm -hmm. but it's showing you parts of yourself how how other people see you has it resonates with the energy of the impact your um, your personhood makes on another. So I think it'll be a lot of, a lot of good data. Yeah, I agree. I think that and by good, I mean a lot, just a lot of data. Yeah. A, a healthy amount to use, of data. To use <laughs> how you choose. Use how you choose. <laughs> I, the, when Mercury moves into Libra, the very end of August we enter into the house of mirrors Uh for like the next two months. Yeah. It's, and it's going to be a lot of projection reflection and well, and I I feel like that's all I'm going to say about that for the time being. And we'll really dive into that next month. Just to go off the House of Mirrors metaphor, yeah. you know, in a House of Mirrors, you get through by kind of like, is this it or is this it? And like mm-hmm. kind of like trying everyone um, to see which is the way out. I think there is a, a, a healthy level of that 
um, that will come with navigating this retrograde. I agree. I love that. We so that's see. the month. That's that the month, month of August. Big month. Toward, big especially month. towards the end. Big month. Yeah. Big, big month. Any final reflections or shameless plugs, Jordan, as we wrap up the episode for our, for our friends? Um, I am Jordan, your astrologer friend. Um, find me on Instagram at Jordan Shomer, one word. On yeah, everything's one word. Yeah, um, Jordan Shomer on Instagram. Um, also, I am launching a cute little mini course. Yay! Um, that is geared towards aligning your goals and intentions with the cycles of the moon. It is called a course in practical magic. Um, so I'll be launching that soon, hopefully by our next recap. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Keep your eyes peeled, everybody. And you know, I'm Kate. All of my information, I'll link it below in the show notes. You can find more about me and this podcast, Instagram at girl in the galaxy, girl and the galaxy.com. All that good stuff. Yeah. Thank you so much, Jordan, for talking to me. Thank you. This about is so the fun. astrology of the month. There is nobody else I enjoy talking about astrology with more than Jordan. It's always such a pleasure. We have so much fun. And we're going to end the podcast now, but you know that Jordan and I are going to keep talking yeah. about astrology as we do <laughs> before, during, after. Yeah. And always true. in this podcast. Well, thank you so much for listening, you guys. And if you enjoyed this, send it to a friend, share it with people you know. And leave us some stars. You know, we're astrologers, so... We love stars. We absolutely <laughs> love stars. And we love sharing all of the wisdom of the stars with you. All right, take care. We'll see you guys in September. Well, we've got more to chat about. Bye. Bye.